Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators if you have anxiety the pain is not due to the thing itself but to your estimate of it or your view of it and this you have the power to revoke at any moment right he's saying right if you're having anxiety it's not that it's at, like you didn't get a, a physical shot of anxiety Your anxiety is coming from how you look at and how you feel about what's happening to you, and you can change that at any moment. That's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast, because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people, unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who likes his coffee like he likes his women. Strong and sweet. That's right, friends. The former Navy SEAL. Garrett Unklebach, a man who is the Juan Valdez of marriage. <laughs> the Juan Valdez part in particular was uh, brought me a lot of joy there. That's a, I think that's this. Uh, it's a unique one. That's more of a compliment to my wife. It is. And your wife is a person that I love who has literally become like my little sister. You, you guys don't know this, but like uh, the podcast studio, or some of you guys know the podcast studio is at my house. And Nick comes over and sometimes like he's like, all right, I'm going to go grab some water or a coffee. And I just hear them like just giggling or laughing about stuff. And I'm like, hey, can we get back to, you know, working? Yeah. So it's it's what happens when people actually have some warmth to them, G. You know, they actually enjoy talking to each other. You should try it. Nick and my wife, if you know uh, Strengths Finder, Nick and my wife have a very similar profile. Do we really? So, yeah. Okay. Well, she's number one, woo. I'm, that's yeah. my fourth one. But yeah, dude, your wife's awesome. And she, she really, is awesome. She really has become like my little sister. Like, And she has taken the Uncle Bach trait of making fun of me and giving me a hard time very seriously, much like a little sister would. So shout out to your wife. Uh, I wanted to give her a little bit of honor with the opening uh intro so i thought she would enjoy that love it also juan valdez man come on that's the folgers guy for those of you who are like who's juan valdez that was like the character from from like the old folgers ads way back in the day he was like the dude who would go around and find the coffee beans for folgers which folgers is kind of garbage coffee but he was the only famous coffee name i could think of so anyways all right today's yeah moving on uh today's episode man this is one uh i'm always excited about what we do but today in particular is one that i have benefited from so greatly in my life i'm very excited to share it with everybody i think one of those things if you uh if you don't know this you need to know it yes and uh if you don't know it you've probably been at the deficit of not knowing it before and if you do know it, this might be a great reminder for you or something that you can come back to later. Right. This is one to bookmark for yourself, and it's how to overcome anxiety and change your state. So if you're like, okay, anxiety I get. What do you mean change your state? Don't worry. 
we're going to get into that. Uh, but first of all, let's look at let's look at anxiety and bad mental health, G, because it is something that is absolutely a, uh, it's it's an issue in our country. It's an epidemic. It is. So a UCLA study of over one million people. Yeah, not a small sample size. Not a small. This like yeah, and if you know anything about statistics, the larger your sample size, the less variation or deviation you have. Right. Uh, so this is. I would say this is very accurate on a wide scale. A study of over 1 million people found that in a month, the average person experiences 3.4 days of bad mental health. That's more than 10% for those of you who are not good at math. And what they also found, don't, be, don't worry, it's not all bad news. They also found that if you exercise for 45 minutes a week, four times, that you can reduce your number of bad mental health days by 40%. Which is, you know, so that's good news. It's a massive reduction. It is a massive reduction. And we're going to come back to that. But let's think about this and let's let's zoom out a little bit on America. What do we suffer with a lot? And when I say suffer, I mean self-induced suffering. We're obese. We are... No, no... Uh no coincidence that America struggles from obesity mm-hmm. and mental health. Exactly. And we're going to get more into that. So and the, 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 so the point of that data and just jumping into today's episode, there are some things that you can do to improve your health. There's yes. things you can do to Im- improve your mental health, how to prevent having mental health issues the same way that your doctor would mm-hmm. say, hey, st- you need to start doing these things and stop doing these things or you're going to die of heart disease. Yeah. Right. You need to start doing these things and stop doing these things so that you can have better mental health. Exactly. And we're going to... Uh, uh, give you some things too to, you know, when you have that bad mental health day, what do I need to do in that moment? Yeah, that is literally what this is for. So y- y- when you talk about state, gee, I'm sure you've had this before where people like you've had a bad day or you've got a big decision coming up and you're kind of unsure. Yeah. What do people say? Hey, just sleep on it. Yeah. Right. Just sleep on it. And then you, and you do, and like you have Lunesta power. So I'm sure you sleep deeply uh, no matter how long you're and asleep. I, th- I think the, the slip, like really when people sleep on it, what they're saying is don't make an emotional decision. Exactly. But, but a lot of times, I mean, it's good advice most of the time. Like you wake up and you genuinely feel like a different person. You're looking at the problem differently. Why is that? You're in a different state. Like if you've ever experienced that, you're in a different state and we're going to go into what state is, but for a very simplistic, if you want to, if you're kind of going, okay, yeah, I get that. Your state is like the lens that you're wearing all the time. If you imagine that you always have a pair of glasses on, you really do. And we're going to get more into that, but that is really a simple explanation of your state. It is the lens that you're looking at the situation in. And here's the thing. They can change all the time and you are always in one. I think, uh, if when I, you know, I love movies and, and film when I think about what state is to me, it's like, it's like lens or it's like the filter, right? Like if you see a movie like Oppenheimer, like it has a very specific filter to it. Mm-hmm. There's movies that like the coloration, oh, yeah. the saturation, it all looks a certain yes. way and it makes you feel a certain yep. way. Like you could change the colors and it would feel a lot more bright. And it's also like the music, like watch a Christopher Nolan movie without the score mm-hmm. like just mute a Christopher Nolan movie and you're like what is going on right yeah. now and but when you're lit when you have the music it makes you feel so much differently when you're watching it that's what a state does to you yes you'll have you'll have experiences right that are happening but because of the color filter because of the sound you'll experience like how you feel about that experience is very different than mm-hmm. what actually happened yeah Garrett's going into what's known as submodalities in NLP NLP being neuro-linguistic programming a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you is informed by that uh, because I've done a lot of work on that, and it's something that I think has a lot of credibility, and it's something I use to break my own uh, depression and anxiety. So I'm going to share all these nerd things stuff. with you. Good nerd stuff. You know what, man? It's nerd stuff, but it's practical. If you've ever been impacted by Tony yeah, I'm Robbins. Not, I'm not hating on nerds. Yeah, so. if you've ever been impacted by our man, Tony Robbins, literally everything you see him do is NLP. Right. And if you don't know that, you think he's just like a gift from the gods. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. Change Your State. Right. It, yeah, exactly. But like, if you don't know that, you're like, this guy is a genius. No. How did he make me feel so different? Right, yeah. Well, it's NLP. He knows yeah. what he's doing. He, he's read the the, uh, the instruction manual. He's, right. He's read the uh, the manufacturer's instructions. <laughs> this is the way it works. You Indeed know? he has, yeah. Well, and he got in on it pretty early on, actually. Did, yeah. Like, really early on in the mm-hmm. 90s. Anyways, so anxiety... We all know what, I think everybody, no one really needs to know what anxiety is. Really, it's a negative imagined future. We've talked about this on fear. Um, it is. And it's a, it's a feeling. It right? is. Like some yes. people feel it in their gut. Some people like their body tenses up. Yeah. Uh, some people, it's, it, it uh, appears more in their thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Like there's different types of symptoms of anxiety, but everyone knows what anxiety feels like for them. Exactly. It's the what if monster, right? Yeah. It's you're constantly kind of going, oh, but you're, you're looking at things, you're, you're focusing on what could happen and it's always future based. It's important to note that. Uh, well, for me, and, and I, I, this is very common for people. I don't think, I don't know if everyone is like this, but whenever I feel anxiety and this is similar, I think to what other people feel, it's, it's very high RPM. Mm. Like it's never slow for me. Like I'm, I'm spinning around really fast. Like you keep thinking, because it's similar to that fear thought process yes. where you're, you're, you're quickly scanning and checking, trying to make sure that you're not going to get 
eaten alive by a grizzly bear. Your your brain is quickly jumping back, like all the things that are going to bad that are going to happen to you. To me, anxiety is always like very high heart, like high heart rate, tense mm-hmm. shoulders, yep. and my brain is just all over the place. And what's interesting, so I'm glad you brought that up. There is definitely a physical and mental tie here. Like you're right. anybody that doesn't think that your mind and brain are connected, there's so much evidence out there to prove you wrong. Yeah, you anyways. don't have anxiety and feel like you're sitting in like feel like you're in the hot tub at exactly the same time. yeah exactly it's funny because i well it's not funny it's actually terrible i've given myself migraines numerous times in my life from anxiety yeah which is if you've had a migraine if you're out there like oh it's a headache it's not a headache like garrett and i both get migraines periodically and they are like for me they shipwreck me a uh, funny story i once watched garrett try and still record a podcast while he was he was going through a migraine and he put on a sleep mask to block out light because you get sensitive to light this is before we video recorded this is before like, we video recorded the audio and i was like dude we, we don't have to do this and you're like i'll be fine i've gone on missions before with this and i'm like bro it's just a podcast i can come back and he sat there and like we got like 15 minutes in and he was still saying intelligent stuff which was incredible to me and then you're like okay maybe we should try again but i <laughs> i was like dude this guy's different i was waiting i was waiting for my my brain my body to follow my mind into mission mode and it didn't follow me so that's where I was like all right let's we'll that was a while ago yeah was, I just remember that was that. a couple of years ago that was, was one of our first recordings it was I just remember that okay so what makes up a state right because we anxiety everybody can relate to a state is made up of your internal representation and your physiology now you may physiology your physical makeup. Um, I'm going to go into that. I will explain what an internal representation is because that's not a common known term. So we are going to get a little bit heady here. So stick with us. So but, phys- but first off, just anxiety is a state. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, anxi- yeah. Anxiety is it's your negative imagined future. It's what if it is a state for sure. You can be in an anxious and state. And you can change it. You're right. And so you talked about physical. So physiology, the two things we're going to focus on, there's a lot that makes up physiology, but I want to keep it simple. Uh, posture and breath are the things that we're going to focus on. Yeah. And Garrett, what did Garrett say? He's like, well, you know, you're, you're high RPM, right? You're tense. Okay. So there's your posture. You're tensed up. You're high RPM. Your breathing's shallow. It's going to be in the higher part of your chest because you're not relaxed. Like if mm-hmm. you pay, if you really broke it down and paid attention, you would start to notice these changes in your physiology. One of the things that they give us in SEAL training, it's called the, the big fours. It's similar to some of these mm-hmm. short-term state changes. One of the tools that they give us to change our state is or to try to take back control of your state is breathing right right box breathing because when you're in this hyper adrenaline situation when you're in this fight for your life situation right like I, you're, i'm not going to try and box breathe while i'm sprinting right but like when i'm in a position i'm trying to set up i'm trying to focus i'm trying to understand what do i need to engage on right now i immediately go to box breathing you know in for four hold for four out for four hold for four continue to do that in a box i'm gonna say i'm gonna breathe this way to try and take back control of my breathing because you're exactly right when you're in this hyper spun up mode it's going to be a bunch of shallow rapid breaths yeah right okay so that's that's the physiology part now the inter, uh, internal representation is i'm going to summarize it as your interpretation of the world what you have to to realize and this is true this is why we don't take eyewitness testimony is not as valid as it once was in court of law because what actually goes on and what you think went on is very different right if you've ever like if you've ever been like man i look awesome when i was dancing out there and someone shows you a video of it you're like, oh, I didn't look as awesome as I felt. You know that your internal yeah. representation. You, you were really enjoying it, yes. but um, not everyone was enjoying your dance moves. Right. I remember in the in the military and in a lot of special operations training, and we had the op, uh, the opportunity to train with you know uh, Phoenix SWAT and uh, police officers and in, in LA and all, all all times all types of different law enforcement. When we will train, we'll also video ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great way because, I mean, some of this stuff is so technical. It helps you to look back in the same way that we would do powerlifting, right? And we watch video of ourselves, yes. right? It, it is There's some performance techniques to it. We would go back and look at the video of our tactics. And it's crazy how, like, in the moment, you'll feel like you're doing everything right. Right. And then and because there's some adrenaline going on yes. while, while you're doing this training. And then you go back and watch the video, and you're like, oh, I did that? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't remember those things or I've also had, um, I remember a a video specifically where I made a mistake and I got this, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get murdered for this. Right. Like I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I'm going to get killed. It's going to, I'm going to get destroyed all day. And I started to snowball and then I caught myself, but I remember how bad I felt in that moment and then watching the video of it. And I was like, well, yeah, I made that mistake, but like, I didn't feel the same way watching the video of it as when I was in the moment of it. Yeah. Those are great examples of your internal representation, right? It's your interpretation of the world very quickly, how this will work for some of you guys that like to break it down. I'm not going to go deep into this. 
um, but I'm probably going to go deeper than most uh, than most people's understanding of it. So your internal internal representation happens like this. There's the world. There's what's happening around us. We all have five senses that we interpret things with. So you're, you, know, you guys know the five senses. So you interpret these things through the five senses, and then they go into a filter, right? And this is a filter in your mind. Your filters, your values, your beliefs, it's your systems of the world for how you process that information. It's decisions that you've made, and it's also your experiences from the past. They all shade what's going on in that moment and how you're interpreting it. Then your brain is, if you can imagine, if your brain took in all the information in the world that you've ever been around, you just would be in hyper overload mode. If you've ever seen a baby whenever they're like seven weeks old, their brains haven't learned how to like file everything down yet. So that's why they look like aliens. They just have that big wide eyed look. I do do this impression of, uh, because we're on baby number two now and mine's just past this stage. But like from, yeah, firstborn to like four months, I do this impression for my wife. She thinks it's funny. Of they like babies just look lost in space. Yes, like they're just floating. Yeah, and th- yeah, they, that's why they, they can't. They can't. They don't know how to file. They're taking everything in. So th- your your brain has three ways of filing things: and it's generalization, distortion, and deletion. And so you're like, okay, this is a lot to happen. I just want you to understand: information is going through various filters. Let me tell you a little bit about generalization, distortion, and deletion. So, generalization: how many streets have you crossed in your life, Garrett? Oh, tens of thousands. Right. Can you remember every single one? Absolutely not. Exactly. So what happens? You get to that and your brain goes, okay. It's like if you were a computer. I'll tell you, I've crossed tens of thousands of streets. I could could paint you a painting of the time in the Philippines, that street, that I got hit by a motorcycle. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I remember that street. Right. Very different. Very different. I, I remember my childhood street where I almost got hit by a car multiple times. Okay. Well, these are actually great examples of why you remember those things in specific, and we'll get into that in a second. But most people, if you've never had traumatic experiences, or in the case of the Philippines, one an awesome experience. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna have to tell that story after this. Um, but uh, yeah, if you've never had that, you just run. It's almost like your computer brain is just running the program. Street. Enter street protocol. Look left. Look right. Or if you're in the UK, right then left. You know what I mean. Uh, and then. <laughs> Make check it again. Cross right, and you don't even think about it. You you can't remember all the streets you've crossed. It's automatic. Your brain generalizes because you don't need to remember. Hey, what was the color of the car that drove by? What you, it's just unnecessary information. So it's your way. It's your brain's way of only giving you what you need to accomplish your goal at the time, right? Deletion is whenever if you've ever gone to your food pantry. This is a common one for me. And I'm like, man, I need the peanut butter or I need my protein powder. I know it has a green lid. I'm scanning all over my pantry or my if I'm in the fridge and I'm looking for one thing, I couldn't tell you what's on the middle shelf right, right there, but I can tell you I am looking for a red lid. Same thing if you've ever lost your kid. If, you're, if, you've, if you've ever been looking for your kid in a crowd, you're like flying around and you're deleting all the run, stuff. Run past 10 people you know at the water park and yep. you don't even notice them. That's exactly right. It's like, oh, did you see Jim? Jim's here? Oh, no, you were looking for your kid, right? Yeah. So you delete things. So And your brain does this all the time. It, it deletes things that weren't important or what you were focusing on in the moment, right? And then distortion is when you get a combination of the two, right? So like if you generalize things like, oh, you know, what happens actually is, is people generalize a lot with other races um, because they can go into more detail for their own ethnicity. So this will happen a lot of times where they'll describe somebody and it's not based on what the person actually looks like. It was a generalization and then they will delete certain things that happened in the moment because they were hyper-focused it, like if it was a very emotionally intense situation. So they have a very distorted memory of this and this happens all the time. But when it's stored in your brain, you've now made an interpretation of what happened. So th- this is why we talk about... So you, it, get, you get spun up on it yes. like in this context of you know d- deletion or distortion, you get spun up in this anxiety state and instead of like really having a clear filter of yes. everything that's going on in yes. your life, also seeing the good, seeing some of the solutions that you have for the problems that you have. When you have, like if, you, if you're so focused on some problems in your business or some problems in your life and you start feeling anxiety for that, your brain's going to start saying, hey, look, look, these, these problems are actually huge. Here's some yep. more problems you need to think yep. about. And you don't have any solutions to those problems. And you're going to keep, there's nothing you can do to change these problems, right? Yeah. And it, it'll just start making you feel a certain way. And it's deleting and distorting these other the other pieces of the picture. That's exactly right. So imagine you have these glasses on and you're in an anxious state. It's like wearing glasses that are that have a red tint to them. 
What's going to happen to everything that's red in the world? It is going to pop and stick out at you. And the stuff that's blue or white is going to look very different. So when you're in an anxious state, all you see is threats. And and just like if you've had something really great happen, all you see is opportunity, right? So really understand that because that's the power of of what makes up a state between your interpretation of the world and your physiology. So those things go hand in hand. um, Marcus Aurelius has a great quote on really like your interpretation of the world. He says, if you're distressed by anything Mm -hmm. external, right, that's anxiety. He's saying, hey, if you have anxiety, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it or your view of it. And this, you have the power to revoke mm. at any moment, right? He's saying, right, if you're having anxiety, it's not that it's at, like you didn't get a, a physical shot at yes. anxiety. Your anxiety is coming from how you look at and how you feel about what's happening to you. And you can change that at any moment. Catch that, please. I, this, this episode to me, when you talk about personal power and what really makes somebody personally powerful, most people live in a state that something external happens to them and it makes them feel a certain way, right? And it, so it changes their state and they don't realize. So in order to change their state again, they go look for something else external to make them change, which is great if it happens to be there. But as you know, with anything, the more you do it, the more you need I, of it. I want to share just a quick thought really quick yeah. for, because um, sometimes, I, I, you know, depending on, on where you're at in your faith and, and how you view these things, or maybe some things that have been said to you, you can think like, and, and we're, because we're going to get into like the spiritual aspect. Yes. Of this as well. But sometimes people think like, well, I'm just supposed to go to God for all this. Your, sp- your relationship with God should be at the forefront of everything mm-hmm. that you do. But I want you to look and think about managing anxiety in your body in the same way that you manage health in your car. Mm. There's some things that I, that I do for my car that I'm not expecting God to do for me. I'm not expecting God to put wiper fluid mm-hmm. in my car. I'm not expecting him to change the oil. I'm not expecting him to put gas in my car. Those are things that I'm responsible for. If I'm broken down on the side of the road, and there's nothing that I can do to fix my karma. Say, God, I need you to perform a miracle in my vehicle right now. Like, yeah. I, I have to, there's nothing that I can do, right? Like God is there to help us with the impossible, but there's also things that we're supposed to be responsible of, yeah. right? If my car runs out of gas, that's Garrett's fault, right? Right. Like I did not prepare for that. And so I say that to say in the same way, like we're talking about some of the things that you need to do for your body, the putting the gas in the car, the changing the oil, changing the wiper fluid, yes. having good tires on the vehicle, right. some of these things that you're responsible for. So don't look at this. Like if, if, if this is your view, don't look at it as like, well, man, it's just like science, medical stuff, right? No, this is understanding the physical body that you have, just like you need to understand your vehicle, how to operate it, how to take care of it. You need to understand part of the way that your body works, yeah. how to operate operated how to take care of it yeah and and there's i mean since we're talking about scripture i mean one of our favorite scriptures is romans 12 1 and 2 right yep. and it's offer your body to god as a living sacrifice then you will be transformed by don't, don't be led by your flesh right let your thinking be changed by god Renewing then you can understand mind. god's will for your life that's exactly it. you have to transform by the renewing of your mind if you go to romans 1 20 and you look at the breakdown of how we got to where we're at Paul lays it out. He goes, they did not recognize God. This is when he says, look, you can, you can see God in the internal things around you. Right. The invisible, his invisible qualities are on display, and people failed to recognize God. They weren't grateful, so that when they did those two things, then the futility of their minds kicked in. Then their thinking changed, and that's what led to all the debauchery and all the things that, that have led us to where we're at. So your thinking really is your responsibility. It really is. You can. There's so many scriptures we just, can reference. That, that um, I'll just make this point really quick, so it doesn't really connect to our podcast. But you'll appreciate it, and some of our listeners will. And that scripture where it talks about the futility of their mind. Mm-hmm. It's the the Greek. It's the Greek antagonist word for transformation. Mm-hmm. Transformation is metamorphou. Um, Interesting. And, and uh, the the futility of your mind. I think it's metaneia. I don't remember specifically the pronunciation, but when you look at them, it's the antagonist of. So it's the same root word. It's yeah. transfer, the, the metamorpho transformation is to change with purpose. Something has happened to me and I've changed because of that. Whereas the futility of your mind is nothing matters and I'll stay this way forever. Mm, that's good, G. Man, that's good. Anyways, I, I want to get uh, kind of, we went on a little sidetrack, but it was worthwhile. I'm glad you said that because there is, I think that that's a powerful switch. If you want to read more about this, I believe it's in Romans 8. The whole time Paul is talking about basically the battle you have to choose between your spirit and your flesh and what's making that choice. It's you, right? This is why the renewing of your mind and, and having soul control is so important. Anyways, so going back to what I was saying before, when you can be a person that can change how you feel about external events, not because you needed something external, but because you can generate it from inside yourself, that is a game changer. That's when you really get to a place of personal power. And like you said with the Marcus Aurelius quote, that's when you can really go, hang on, all this stuff is coming into me, but no, no, this stuff itself is not stressful. It's the way I'm thinking about it. Realize that. 
And what happens? It flips back in because who has power over the way you think? You do. I would much rather be in a position of I have power over how I think about this than, well, I hope it changes because I can hope all I want. It may not change. Yeah. Everything isn't just happening to me. So the, the, our state is, you know, it's our internal representation and our physiology. You can, can, there's some of those things that you can't control in both of those categories, but there's also things in both those categories that you can control. Yes. So control the things that you can to control your state, but let's get more specifically into some of the how to's. I do want to get into the how to's, uh, some of the default state changes that people experience and a lot of people. Yeah. These are like the wrong how to's. These are the wrong how to's, right? (laughs) And, but probably but, some of the ones we've we've all gone to before, right? But I want and I want to highlight them because people will start to see what I, what we mean, and I think you'll understand some of the default ones that we've experienced. So a default state changer, probably one of the most popular one in America, alcohol, yeah, alcohol, right? Yeah. Like if if you know that, what happens when you drink, man? Does I don't like how I'm feeling. I need a drink. I need a drink. And what happens? Your interpretation of the world changes, right? Some people get mad. Your physiology changes. Yeah, your physiology changes, right? right. Big time. So this it changes your state. It, it same thing. Drugs. Same exact thing. Now, these are automatic and these are short hits. And I think we have a society that's hooked on these things of like short-term pain relief. And they can't understand that they're actually making it worse. Because like I said earlier, when you relieve the pain with the short-term thing, what happens? Your body starts getting used to it. You need more and more and more of it. And you never address the problem. You actually create more problems. I think what's very common, even for people who don't go to drugs and alcohol, is a lot of people go to food. Big time. Right? It's yep. like, oh, man, I'm not feeling good. Oh, I'm having a bad day. You know, I'm at whatever type of anxiety or frustration mm-hmm. you're feeling, and it's like, I'm going to go get this food, this ice cream. You know, some people are candy people. Some right. people just want to go gorge out, consume, right? Like using food. It's another thing that's external, right? Food, food is for fuel. Food is for nourishment, for taking care of your body. Don't use food to try and change how you feel on the inside. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, you're using it in the same way that, uh, drugs and yeah. alcohol are used. I'm going to, I'm having trouble with what's going on in the inside about how I feel about what's on the outside. And I'm going to try to, again, use things from the outside to change how I exactly. feel from the inside. Yep. And that doesn't work. Yeah. And people do this with social media as well. We could go through a long list, but it's basically, these are the most common ones that we've seen. Now, something that Garrett said about food, you could recognize this about any of those four that we just listed and really any of these short-term uh, default state changers is that you'll get a craving for them. And so if you wanted to start identifying what your triggers are, when you feel a craving to go get a candy bar, have a drink, you know, do drugs, whatever it may be, or you or, have to or, pick up or your social, phone, yeah, or social, social media. media. At, stop and ask yourself, like, if you could become aware of that and say, what just happened right before that? You would start to notice some of your triggers and your patterns. You got something that frustrated you at work. You were getting ready to start a task that you really don't want to do, so you want to procrastinate. What you're doing is you're trying to change your state, and you don't even realize it. So your body's doing this on autopilot all the time, and you're not aware of it. Become aware of it. Ooh, Man, no man is free who is not master of himself is what Epictetus said. If you can really start to hone in on this, you can truly be the free man who is master of himself. Okay. So good. So let's go into don't, this. Hey, don't do those things. Those are not the ways to yeah. change your state. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. That's, uh, that's what we're saying on this podcast. <laughs> um, so here we go. Let's talk about prevention first. Yeah. Because like, why, why just get into this bad place? Let's prevent it first. We, you want to take the first one? Because we talked about it to kick off. Yeah, absolutely. Working out. Boom. Right? Like, hey. You're, you're having a bad moment at, at work and, and, and you're like, oh, I can't work out right now. Well, actually, you can, let me give you a pro tip for that. Like at any moment in your life uh, with that you're feeling anxiety, it's probably not that hard to get two minutes to yourself to just do a right. max set of push-ups because most people can't crank, it, crank out push-ups for more than two minutes. If you go until like literally I couldn't do another push-up if my life depended on it, you'll feel better pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. But but even more, that that's like a, that's like a little temporary cure. But more importantly, if you work out every day, you're going to like, that's the UCLA study. Yes. That, that study was not about like these people use fitness in a difficult moment to, right. to make it go away. No, what it's saying is people who do fitness on a regular basis, they don't get into these bad states, yes. right? Because what, one of the things that fitness will do for you, it'll reassociate, right? It'll get you reoriented on what difficulty feels like, on what pushing through feels like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you haven't been working out, like that you you get in this mode of like pursuing comfort and your brain is going to continue to call out more and more things that are anxiety causing and fearful causing because you've been pursuing comfort. Yes. Yeah. That's very good, G. So the second one, also one that we mentioned, and to your point about prevention, this is your car. You don't get your oil changed at 5,000 miles and be like, right, I'm good. So you have to do these things You don't get your regular. oil changed when, you know, you're not only when your check engine light comes on, you know, ideally if you, if you're tracking your vehicle, you get it even before then, uh, but not, you don't change your oil when your car stops working. Right. Right. Don't do these things like this is uh, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah, exactly. That's the point of prevention. Second one I'm going to do, I'm going to do reading your Bible. 
right? We just talked about you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Regularly reading your Bible, getting into God's Word, and truly studying it. We could get into some of the tools, and I think at some point we should talk about how how to read your Bible. There's a lot of great tools if you're one of these people that's like, look, I don't understand it. But like getting in there regularly is is going to transform the way that you think. It's going to put your focus in a different place and is going to prevent you from struggling with anxiety. Well, it's what the Bible is going to help you with is your internal regulation. Right. Right. Because with the, your, your five senses and your meaning of things, what scripture will allow you to do is instead of see things like a, the, the wrong way of being led by the flesh, right? You're led by the spirit. Yes. And you're led by from the inside out. No, this is what this, this means. Like my, this is what my body's experiencing. This is what my mind is experiencing, but I have a different view of these circumstances. You'll get that from the word of God and you'll learn how to live from the inside out and change the outside from the inside. Yeah. Cause you'll be sowing to the spirit. And like says, he who sows the spirit reaps from the spirit. He who sows the flesh reaps the flesh. Uh, next one up and is gratitude. And I'm going to put a link. This is probably the most shared video I've ever... I share this video all the time, like countless times with people I've worked with, people I just meet the, and the talk Dr. to. Dr. Robbie Battery Reset. No, the Dr. Robbie Battery Reset is amazing, and we have that on our Instagram. It's Tony Robbins Priming. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like I talked to you about neurolinguistic programming, NLP, and how powerful it is. What that really does is it helps you... It's important to note at this point, it's not just gratitude, like three things I'm thankful for. You go back in this exercise, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Please look for it. It's a YouTube video. He also has, it's available. Tim Ferriss actually did this with him live on his podcast, and he has like a great little 10-minute podcast. It's on Apple uh, Music. It's on Spotify. Like you can find it if you go into Tony Robbins Priming. And what he will do is he will get you to go in. Garrett and I do this every day. He will get you to go into your memory bank, and you close your eyes, and there's a few things that he does that are very good NLP techniques to make this more intense as far as getting your breathing right to start with. But then you go back and you relive a moment that you could really feel grateful for. And in your mind, you go in and you see what you saw, you hear what you heard, and you feel what you felt in that moment. So you go back in, in first person, and it's like you're putting replay on like your greatest hits. And I'm telling you, it is powerful because you will feel all the same feelings. And if you think that sounds bogus, they've done a lot of studies. You can go research this stuff. Your brain does not know the difference between reality and imagination. If you're still going, yeah, whatever, I've heard that. Let me ask you something. You ever have a dream and you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, was that real? And and then you're like, oh, no, 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 that was real. You know it's not real, but you can't quit feeling like Exactly. You still have the exact same feelings. And then like a year on, you have, I have this. There's certain dreams I'm like, no, no, that didn't happen. Because like in my mind, I'm like, yeah. I can't believe that happened. I'm like, wait, no, no, that was a dream from years ago. And so, I mean, I've had the one where you wake up and you thought you won the lottery, man. <laughs> that is a rough one to recover from. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that for people. So what this is doing is it's taking that, that same example we used of what can happen in dreams. You can utilize that to stir up the feelings of gratitude in you. And that is truly a state change. We're going to come back to that one, which is why I went so deep into it. You want to finish this off, G? Yeah. And then meditation. Yeah. Right. Like to, to me, a lot of my meditation is really just prayer time. Yes. But meditation is, is just being quiet. It's quiet to me. It's quiet time. It's inward time. And a lot of people, you can do meditation uh, techniques. You can follow a meditation YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And I've done those before and I'm not against them. But to me, like I, I, I'll follow a lot of like meditation practice, but I'm just going to sit still. I'm going to be aware of my body. And, and instead of listening to a, a video or trying to just like, you know, let my thoughts speak to me. That to me, that's a time to pray. Yeah. But in both circumstances, what you're doing is you're really like being able to focus on shutting out yes. everything, everything that's going on outside and just be internal. And when I, to me, I just want to use that moment to be with God. Yeah. I'm the same way for my meditation, but learning to just sit. Well, cause what do you do? If you were just going to do pure meditation, what did they tell you to do? First thing they focus on breathing, huh? Yeah. Physiology. What about your internal state, your, your internal representation, your interpretation of the world? Hey, just start identifying thoughts, right? Just, just, don't fight them. Let them come in and see what comes up. Oh, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like they're giving you a state change in meditation. And that's why we recommend that. But to Garrett's point, I use it the same way for prayer. When you pray and you're sitting there and you're aligning your viewpoint in the way you think with God, you're not just like listing off a bunch of requests. It's powerful. And that you want to talk about a way to prevent it. When, I mean, there's a reason why Jesus would go off and pray in quiet, quiet moments all the time. He had to get that time alone with his father, God, yeah. to align. It's different than just praying and asking for yes. something. It's seeking God's presence. Exactly. That's exactly right. The presence of God will shift which things. Is, which is also anything. different than, you know, when, when I'm reading the, the Bible, that's seeking God's presence. But yes. it's different than just trying to have quiet prayer time. Right. 
Awesome. All right, so we're going to give you some. Those are all preventions, by the way. Those are preventions. Those are preventions. Here are the tools for a state change. Okay. All right, so I got a flat tire. What do I do? Right, so we're going to give you tools for a state change. This is not, we're also going to cover separately how to get out of anxiety, both short-term and long-term, okay? So this is first, like, you don't have to necessarily, we were talking very much about going from a negative to a positive. Sometimes you can be in a neutral and you just need to get yourself to a place. Yeah. So the very first, the very first thing I would say is, is a technique called wind circle is what I call it. And I have one of these for wins. I have one of these for faith. I have, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other things. I have one for gratitude. What this basically is, is exactly what I talked about in that NLP exercise. I have a list on my phone of, of wins in my life. And I'm talking about really random ones. Like the time I won the slam dunk contest in eighth grade, it means nothing <laughs> to anybody else. Honestly, it was on a lowered hoop to some things like, oh, when I landed this contract or when I, you know, some things that anybody would respect. There's a large variation, but the important part is that they mean something deeply important to me. And I remember in that moment, I felt like unstoppable, like truthfully. So that's how I selected them is those moments when I was just like, let's go, man. I'm like unstoppable. So I have a pro tip for just documenting all these. My suggestion would not be to like go sit down for eight hours and try to think of all the good moments. So like try to think of all the wins to try to think of all the, the, the miracles and things that you've experienced. Be someone who will consistently yes. document it, right? And if you'll do these exercises where l- l- what, like Nick is talking about with the priming or or using your wind circle, uh, sometimes uh, eventually some of these other ones will come back to you, mm-hmm. right? And the more I've done this, that's where I've made a list. Yes. But I didn't like before I ever did it, like I need to list out a hundred of them. Exactly. Right. When I, when I created my list of my defining moments, I started with like 12 and then now I'm, I have like over 50 defining moments, yes. right? But it's, I didn't think of them all in one moment. Eventually when they come back to you, like, and it, you'll get so much value out of these lists in your life that when one comes back into your head, you're like, man, I haven't thought about that in years. I'm going to go write it down. Yes. I, I ca- really caught this where after the military, like a year after the military, like uh, I was talking, I was telling a story to my dad. And I'm like, man, I forgot that it happened. Yeah. But I just started telling a story and then I started remembering all these things. It's like, man, I don't want to lose these moments from my life. Or like I would be talking to one of my friends that I went through training with and I'd be like, man, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Right. I said, I don't want to lose these moments in my life. And so I started documenting these things. So it's not that they're not there. It's like, they're just not in your inventory. Yeah. Right. But they're still in there. So as these things pop back up in your life, if you've started this process, make sure you're going back and documenting them as they come back up. And a couple of years from now, you'll have a very quality list. Garrett just gave you a great example of generalization because it was just another training day, right? Yeah. Yeah, it probably got filed away that way. And that happens, but your subconscious knows. What Garrett just shared with you is a great example of the reticular activation system at work. When you tell it something's important, it'll start to stir up and bring more things up. It'll find it. It's very good at that. So this wind circle is for choosing your state. If you're getting ready, like sometimes you're like, man, I really need to be more confident. I wish I could go into this meeting and be confident, or I wish I could go you know, ask this girl out, or whatever you think you need to be confident about. Yeah. Go back in. This is this is where you really become powerful. Go back in and access these confident states by going through your wind circle. You can literally go back, close your eyes, and just see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. That's why I encourage you to go to the Tony Robbins exercise because that's focused on gratitude, but you can start to do this in lots of different areas and bring up the state that you need. Same thing, man. So I, I stir up my faith this exact same way. I have a list on my phone once again of moments when I was like, God just moved in my life. There is no other explanation than God just stepped in and did a miracle in my life. I'll stir myself up in that way as well. So your wind circle is the first thing. Once again, you got to relive these moments in the first person. Jump back into your body. That's why I said close your eyes and go see them the same way so that you're fully associated because your body will, your brain will start to experience the same emotions you did in that moment. And then when you come out, if you just reviewed, like if you just watched a highlight reel of your life where you just dominated, yeah, it's like what they do at the beginning of sports games. What do they do? They don't show a bunch of times where their team was just like dribbling down the court. They show like the slam dunks, like the greatest moments and what you're like, let's go. You can do that for your life. Right. You can. It's the same thing. Second thing. And this is that wind circle is, is a little bit more of a mature one. It takes some practice. So don't like, if you don't get it the first time, stay with it. This is one that I used a lot when I was climbing out of anxiety and depression. And it's what I call the highway to happiness. And I got to credit my man, Tony Robbins, because he has a great quote that says, most people have a bumpy dirt road to happiness and a highway to misery. Yeah. And that's that, true. that is so many people. So what do you have to do? Got to go build a road, man. How do I do that? G? Well, what this is, is this is I need a state change and I'm not very good at generating it from internally. So I'm going to put a fail safe in place ahead of time. And what is a fail safe? In this case, it's my highway to happiness. And that is things that are 100% in your control. So like not, 
I love a coffee from Starbucks because you can't, like if you're on an airplane or if you're somewhere that you can't get a Starbucks, this doesn't work. It needs to be things that you can do at any moment that are fully 100% in your own control that, that generate those feelings of happiness or if you're looking for a joyful state that bring those things up. So for me, there was a few things. It was pictures of my kids, yeah. right? It was certain passages of reading that I really liked. Mm-hmm. It was certain songs. Those are some really, really obvious ones. Some people, it's exercise, like, you know, like doing 10 push-ups or whatever. If you don't have much of a highway to happiness, for a lot of people, just this pod, like this podcast yeah. can be one of those first bricks in the road for you. It's yeah. like, man, okay, next time I'm dealing with that, let me go turn this episode back on. And, and Nick and Garrett are going to remind me of the things that I can do to change this. Yeah. Right. That's one of the biggest pieces I think of the having a highway to happiness is that you can get in a car and drive down that road. Yes. Not that you're on. So, you know, a lot of times for people, anxiety feels like you're stuck on an island and there's no way off. Right. Exactly. And we're going to go into it when you're in that moment, what to do. But right now we're just talking about state, uh, state changes. Uh, the other one would be gratitude, which we covered before that I, I I'm going, you're like, dude, you said that was prevention. Yes, that's also an instant state change. When I say gratitude, I don't just mean like I have my gratitude journal and I'm going to force myself to be like, oh, I'm really grateful for my house. Uh, you need to go back to specific moments because you're not trying to remember. Remember what it's made up of. It's your physiology and it's your interpretation of the world, your, inter- your internal representation. So you have to go inward, like truthfully inward, and what makes up those things that are your interpretation of the world? Like we said, it's your five senses, it's your values, your beliefs, it's all the things that's going on inside you. AKA stir up your emotions again, stir up those things that, that the results of what happens whenever you engage those things. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to, that's why I'm saying it's not just gratitude. It's the NLP, Tony Robbins gratitude. You want to take the last one, G? Well, yeah, we've got, we've got worship. Yep. Yeah. We've got worship and exercise. Yes. And, um, there's actually one that we don't have on the board that I want to add, which Ooh. is going outside. Oh, right? being time. outside yeah, is such good. a great state change. And I want to say, if you want to have like, uh, if you want to like mega change your state, stack some of these together, Yes. go, go outside for a run and listen to worship music, right? Yeah. Like mega state change. These are things. So just in the same way that we talked about how exercise can be a prevention, right? It's also something you, you can do that shot of push-ups in the middle mm-hmm. of the day in a difficult moment and it'll help change you. These things work in both of those categories as both, as both a prevention and a cure gratitude, worship, exercise, and going outside. All of those sit in that category. Yeah. 100%. And as you get better at recognizing that you're changing states, you'll start to find more things. That you're like, Oh, that actually helped me change my state. And I didn't realize it when you can actively take control of those things. A lot different, right? If you never if you never exercise, you don't know how to do a warm up right. or to prepare for a workout or even what a good workout flow is. If you work out all the time, you're like, Yeah, I know how to do a really good warm up in ten minutes and here's the flow that I need to do to get this workout completed or get a good, you know, back workout in twenty five minutes. Yeah. Right? Like when you've when you've done this over and over again, it gets a lot easier. Like, okay, press this button, do these things, follow this routine, and I'm gonna get back to where I need to be. Yeah. And keep in mind, like we said before, your state is like putting on a different pair of glasses. So if the glasses you're wearing were black lensed and you couldn't see anything and everything looked horrific, or they were like the red lenses I talked about where all you see is threats, then you need to do that. But it's not always just going from bad to good. You know, it, it oftentimes it's, hey, you're in a tired state. What do you do to wake yourself up? Hey, ice baths are great for that. Ice baths are state change. There's oh, lots yeah. of things. They're, they're, just, state change. they're just not ones that you could do on your in your highway to happiness. You can't do them all the time. So you will discover more tools for state change and you will become more skilled as you do this. But we want to give you some ones that you can go to. I would recommend for these things, you always want them to be things that you have. uh, If you need to engage them, you don't want to have to have a lot of external things. Like you don't want to have to have like a 26 inch TV because you need to have a sensory experience of something (laughs) like you need to have things that you can control in the moment. Um, Movies like you talked about will change your state, but they take longer. So like design your state changes, your state change tools that are going to work for your schedule. I don't have long state change tools because I know I'm usually going to need to do it in a couple minutes. So just a little pro you, tip. You, and you want to have like, th- think of it, don't, don't wait to change your state until you're in a bad place. Right. Try to like, Nick, Nick and I both have some routines where we get up in the morning yes. and it, we're not trying to change our state. We're trying to determine our state. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally move into this better state, right? Wouldn't you love to show up to your workout motivated and excited about fitness instead of like feeling like, man, why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. You want to show up in the right state so you can just be intentional. It's not just, I got a flat tire. What do I do? Yeah. But let's get into that. How to like, Ooh, here we go. So now it's how to overcome anxiety, which is, uh, like we said, something that everyone deals with, including the two guys on this podcast. We are not Every, immune to this. Everyone experiences anxiety in some form or another. Some people are genetically predisposed yeah. to it. Uh, some people, because of their lifestyle, the, uh, the current world that they're in, 
environment, the people that they're around, they're overly increased uh, exposure to it, but everyone experiences anxiety in some form or another. Exactly. So we want to talk about anxiety in the moment, anxiety, what to do, and then also long-term. And like we talked about with state changes and we've said earlier, and I just want to make sure I reemphasize it. You have to develop these processes. I'm talking to you as someone who was depressed for six years. I was alcohol dependent. I used alcohol and drugs to change my state. All those state changes that we talked about, alcohol, drugs, food, social media, I know them from firsthand experience and I have overcome those things. So I'm, this is not hypothetical for me. This is my life. And I will tell you that it gets better. You have to keep at these things the same way that you don't get in shape by working out once. You don't start to really change the way you think by doing some of these one time. So I just want to highlight that again. Now, if you're a person that's at the beginning of your journey and you're like, look, sometimes I just, I have a day where I'm in the dumps and nothing changes it for me. I've been there, man. That was six years of my life where the, the whole world just felt gray. I looked forward to nothing. Every day felt the same. And I felt like I had no hope and no power. It was a terrible place to live. I will tell you the one thing that will pull you out. It's one of the two things that make up your state. Exercise, physiology. You have to move your body. If you're in a place where you're just like, in the dumps. I'm not going to try and say, Hey, you know, address your thinking. You can't, your, your thinking is gray and you're basically under control. Get yourself out and exercise. It doesn't necessarily have to be the intense pushups that Garrett said, but that would help a walk. Like literally just get yourself moving. Do something. Do something. It, it can be as intense as a run as a workout, or it can be as mild as like, I just, I just went for a walk. I promise you that will snap you out of it where you want to get to. Uh, and I've heard people that have used things like painting. I used to play guitar to help me, it, it just doing something physical would help change it. So I yeah. just want to highlight that again. We put exercise, but it can be something physical. Now, where we want to get you to is, th- this is where I would say is more of a mature place. This is where you can recognize that the hole is about to be dug and you don't get trapped in it. What I would say to the other one was, is you're already in the hole by the time you realized it. And If you're digging a hole, stop. Yeah, that's, that's a great <laughs> Put place. down the shovel. Put down the shovel, right? And that's really step one. Is like this is more mature as you get better at getting out of the hole, you'll start to recognize that it's kind of like getting lost. Like, no one like intentionally gets lost, but one day you look up, but whether you got lost in life or you literally got lost, like Nick would if we put him in a national park by himself, okay, right? Like, you just look up, you're like, wait, where am I? Yeah, how did I get here? No one's no one's like, man, I'm gonna go like create anxiety for my life today. Yeah. But the moment then it, it occurs to you, you have a thought like, I don't know where I am, right? The thought occurs to you. I'm, feel, I'm feeling feelings that are bad right yes. now. I do not like how I'm feeling. I feel sick to my stomach. You have that awareness that you have anxiety. That's the first step. Exactly. Yeah. And and Garrett and I talked about this. We both have this. I'm like, wait a minute. These aren't my thoughts. You can't get unlost until you know that you're right. lost. Exactly. So the first thing is you have to you have to realize it's it's happening. So what do we ta- what do we do next? For me, G, it's breath and physiology. Right. What I will do when I'm feeling overwhelmed or feeling that anxiety, I'm like, oh wait, this isn't okay. This isn't me. I literally stop. I take a big breath exhale it like a nice deep one and I will change the way I'm sitting because usually at that point I'm like slouching or I'm like lean way back in my office chair if I happen to be there I sit up straight I take a big breath okay so now I've changed my physiology yeah I mean like I've been in the forest before and questioned am I lost right like and and so I literally I'm like wait a second I'm not sure I know where I am Mm -hmm. and so I pause and and this I mean this is my same process for anxiety but this literally is the same process for orienting yourself in your life I'm in the middle of the forest okay hold on a second do I know where I'm at right now? I'm just going to try to pause and relax. And then I'm going to, and then I ask that question, do I know where I am? Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to begin to look around. I'm going to try to orient myself. If I don't, then I'm going to try and think back, how did I get here? Yes. Right. Like I, I'm trying to clarify what's happened in my mind for me to get to this place. And what you're looking at is like, I didn't just like start feeling anxiety all in one moment. Right. Right. What have what, what, for, to me, what it feels like is you suddenly go from 211 degrees to 213 degrees, right? Like you got a lot going on and you're feeling hot, but then all of a sudden you're boiling. Like yes. nothing, and you didn't change that much, but something's happened to now you feel like you're boiling. And we all have different boiling points. Like one of the things that'll really make me boil, and I don't mean like frustration, but we're all, all start to feel anxiety. I have this natural tendency because I have a lot of things going on in my life to just be taking a lot of things on and not always writing things down or documenting them and I've got all this stuff floating around in my head and I'll just start to feel like uh, I'm internally like subconsciously I'm afraid of forgetting something I'm afraid I'm going to let somebody down I'm afraid I'm not going to do something and I start feeling these anxiety feelings like wait a second am I really feeling anxiety right now? Mm-hmm. Like why, why am I feeling this? Okay. I'm feeling this cause I, I don't, I don't have control of my situation or I feel like I don't have control of my situation. I got all these tasks. You know what I'm going to do in this moment? 
I'm just going to write down all the stuff that I got yes. going on. Cause I like the, I think what's what, the, and I'm talking you through like my thought process as I'm, I'm going through anxiety, you know, I feel like what's actually happening is I've just got too much going on and I don't have a plan. And I, I if I, if I could just write it all down, if I'll get it out of my head, then I can reorient myself mm-hmm. to my, uh, this is literally, it's like pulling out the map. Okay. Where am I actually, I'm going to write down all the things that I'm feeling. I'm going to write down all these things that I feel like I need to do all these expectations that I feel like I need to meet. And then you write everything down and you can look at things from a very different perspective. Yeah. And that's, that's, so Garrett's basically giving you the exact steps that we would say. So, I mean, you've ID that, that it's happening. You've identified that it's happening. You've taken a breath, which is really a pattern interrupt. You're going, Hey, I'm not just going to spiral down intentional, right? right? I'm not just going to let myself breathe. Now I'm controlling exactly. my breathing. I've taken control of my breathing. One of the big four, by the way, from the SEALs. And then like what Garrett did, he questioned it. He asked the question, okay, what's really going on here? When you ask questions, questions are a great way to bring focus. We did a whole podcast on questions. And then when you start asking questions, okay, there's a pre- we, we kind of glossed over this, but if you're sitting with anxiety or some sort of pain, you have to, the reason drugs are so popular is because they can just make the pain go away. So you have to be willing to sit with the pain. It's another reason why we're big fans of the ice bath is it's trained, uh, Garrett was already training it, but for me, it's trained me to be able to sit with pain. So you're not just trying to make it go away. You've taken a breath, you've taken control. What, what am I really feeling this for? What is this pain really about? Then you get the clarity. You want to actually understand the pain. Like yes. maybe you, you have some anxiety because there's some stuff that you need to work out. Exactly. Right. And so let's identify those things. If I'm on a run and I'm feeling pain, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to pause uh, if I need to, I'll, I'll pause to, to feel like to physically feel my body. Um, if I'm in a lot of pain, I'll be like, okay, is this just pain or is this an injury? I'm going to take like a personal inventory and be yes. like, is my body just having a, like having a hard time right now? Or did I hurt myself? If I, if I don't feel like I'm injured and I have a, a decent amount of, of knowledge of my body, if I don't feel like I'm injured, I'm going to push through. Right. Right. But I do want to just pause and question what's going on. Like literally having anxiety is like having pain in the yes. middle of a run. It's like, okay, what, where's this pain coming from? Is this something that I, if I just keep running it, I'm going to get past it or do I need it? Do I need to you know, seek some treatment. Yeah. So, so now you've clarified what it is and you talked about that before where you'll list things out. I think that's a great way, whether it's your, your, your anxiety is because you have too much to do or it's because of something that's coming up, whatever it is, list it out. Because once you get that clarity, you're going to then be able to organize it and put at least an action plan to use your getting lost analogy. For me, I get lost all the time. Garrett makes fun of me about it all the time. (laughs) And what, and what will, what the worst place to be if you're feeling lost, AKA having anxiety is to feel powerless. So at least if you've clarified it and you've put literally any organizational action plan, like I'm going to do this, it's like being lost and saying, Hey, I can see a big tower over there or a big tree. I'm going to walk to there and see if it looks different. At least you're moving. And what you're going to find is hopefully your action plan. You can at least get past one step. Okay, cool. Cross that off. Hey, it gives you a little bit more power. And just that sense of moving, you can always readapt or reassess your, your situation in another place and change the plan if you need. But like in the case of you talking about being overwhelmed, we said that that's one for both of us because we both do a lot in, in the amount of time we have. I know when I list it out, I'm like, great. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Check, check. Oh, actually, that can that's, be moved to that's tomorrow. That's not always how, where your anxieties come from. But in that sense, it's a good place to yes. do what uh, the, way the, the way they talk about it in the military is kill what's killing you. Yes. Right? And so what's eating me up right now is all these things going on in my life and me trying to you know, m- mentally hold them and try to keep an order yeah. in my head when I actually haven't done any of those things. And my, what my brain's trying to tell me is, hey, man, you need to get a process. Hey, man, you need to yes. make a list. Right? But it doesn't say it in that way. It just gives me some really uncomfortable feelings feelings as an indicator. Yeah, exactly. So once again, if you, these are in the moment, uh, and this is the more mature in the moment approach, it's first of all, identify that the digging's happening and stop it, interrupt it with a, with your breathing and your physiology, and then question it, sit with the pain and question it and really get an understanding of it. When you put it down, first step to problem solving G is identify the problem. That's right. Right. So identify the problem, clarify what your anxiety is about. And like, I would encourage you to write it down because whatever it is, I think when you write it down, you get it out of you. And now it's like you've disassociated yourself from it and you can start to go, okay, how am I going to solve this and put together your organizational action plan? So that's in the moment. Now, long-term to, because like that may work in the moment, but long-term to get out of anxiety, you have to start identifying triggers. I talked about it before with like the cravings that people would have for the default state changers, which were food, social media, alcohol, and drugs. We, we want to be above average, oh, right? Dude, like be great. I want to be way above average. If you are having, you know, the, the average apparently is 3.4 mental health days 
uh, bad mental health days yeah. a month. If you are in that category, if you're more than that, or you're even close to that, like you, you need to start doing, you need to get focused on the prevention side. Yes. Not on the like, oh man, I just had a bad day. How do I change my state? But if you're on the other side of that, if you're at two and a half or three mental health days a month or more, you need to really get focused on the prevention side. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And then so the long-term way of changing this is as you get into the prevention and as you start getting good, like I said to you, when you get those cravings, that's your body telling you, hey, something just made me upset that I'm trying to get a state, an easy state change. So you'll start to identify the triggers. When you can identify the triggers, then this is where we dive into really what we talked about, your internal representation, your interpretation of the world. You have to change the story or the meaning. When you identify the triggers, you're going to understand. For me, my biggest stressor was finance, yeah. right? And I would, I would just, I mean, it didn't matter how good my finances were or how much they were improving. I was stressed all the time. I had a story going in my head and it wasn't until I really dove in to some of the beliefs I had about myself and my own capabilities, about money and about the way the world worked and really said like, dude, the world, like, cause my biggest fear was that I would just lose it all. And like, I would be homeless with my family on the streets. And so I'd be like, man, imagine if like all my clients cut me and like, I couldn't, you know, all these things that are really completely like ridiculous. And then one day I realized, Hey, that happened. COVID happened. I lost like, you know, 45% of my income in one day. And guess what? We were fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you realize that it's like we said with fear, the boogeyman has been lying. Okay. So what, what are, where are my beliefs letting me down? So like we we're covering perspective right now, mindset mastery. When you can take perspective and shift the way you're looking at things, Remember I talked about in your internal representation, your five senses go through a filter. This is when you're literally like swapping the filter out and going, you know what? This red filter wasn't really serving me well. I'm going to go ahead and pop in the clear filter or the, the yellow filter that's going to brighten things up here and it's going to serve me. Oh, man. And so what happens is when you've actually identified those, I, I've shared before about how I viewed my childhood of being one of scarcity to actually my parents put me in the best position to learn. When you start telling yourself a different story and you've changed the meaning of something, you have to now act on that. And, and this is, I, I remember when I, did cognitive behavioral therapy. That's exactly what he said. I was like, how do I change this core belief? He's like, yeah, you've got to act on it. Like you have to act as if the core belief is true. Oh man, I have to act my way into a feeling. Well, that doesn't feel very good because I could just negatively do the things automatic. I want it to be like that. No, you have core, to design Core this. beliefs come from the inside yes. and they fuel you. Even when the, we, even when you've got no external evidence saying that this is true, you have something on the inside that says otherwise. Exactly. Resilience. And, and so you, you have to continue to act your way into that feeling. And here's what the thing is. You will replace this over time. The long-term solution is that you're retraining. You're training the anxiety out of yourself, first of all, by identifying it and addressing what was causing it in the way that you're thinking. And then you're acting based on the new way that you're, that you're believing, the new story, the new meaning. When you do that enough times, you will retrain yourself, right? The same way that you retrain yourself from, hey, I used to be out of shape, now I'm a runner. It takes time, but you can get there. So I will talk as a guy who was depressed for six years, who like, I could only see the negative and everything. I could see why things didn't work. I knew, I knew the cost of everything and the value of nothing to now, I almost, I, I, I will still have some days where I wake up and I'm like, I have depressive thoughts. The difference is, is I identify that straight away and I'm like, ooh, that's not normal. And I have a whole game plan for what I do. And guess what? It works. And, and that's the difference. So it doesn't get to the place. It, it does get to the place where it's automatic the same way that the, the negativity and the depression and the anxiety used to be. But it takes time. And you really have to be willing to walk that process. Did I, did I miss anything there? No, Shane? you nailed it. All right. So that's the long term. Guys, we're going to wrap up. This went longer than we thought. Uh, but this is, a, this is a big one, man. I really hope that you guys grasp this and that you can move to that place of personal power where you're not constantly looking outside yourself to yeah, change this, what's this inside. This is meant to be a, a how-to bookmark to yes. come back to, right? And hopefully you took something away from this where like even, okay, I don't struggle with mental health, but I do want to have the ability to change my state because I want to move from good into best, yeah, right? Definitely. I want to be, be feeling strong. I want to be feeling capable. I want to move my state into the best state every day but he, and uh, use it for that but also if you get in stuck in a rut you start feeling those negative feelings this is something that you can come back to and we're going to help get you moving in the right direction yeah so the challenge for today identify a state that you want to have i gave you an example of a great a grateful state i gave you the winds i gave you the wind circle i talked about my faith circle identify a, st a state that you want go ahead and take one of the ones i said take a wind circle Make a list, and like Garrett said, it doesn't have to be exhaustive. It could be five things. It could be three things, but they need to be things that you really remember vividly and that in that moment you felt however you want to be able to generate for yourself. So, And then start practicing changing your state. 
do the Tony Robbins NLP gratitude exercise that I taught that I'm going to link to in the show notes because that will teach you how to start engaging this process. And then when you can focus that on your win list or whatever your, your state that you're trying to change to, you will be in a place of power. And I promise you, you'll be the kind of person that can walk into a room and show up exactly how you want to be. And that is powerful. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.